Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, and welcome to the Shooter Shoot Basketball Podcast. We're here for episode 18, part of the Squib Kick Radio Network. I'm your host, Kenny, and I am joined today by Matt Squared. How are you guys doing today? Hello, Kenny. I'm doing very good. I'm also doing quite well. Good to hear it, guys. Uh, so we're going to be talking about some basketball today, but starting out, we're going to chat a little bit of fantasy football playoffs because... Uh, one of us actually made playoffs in our league, so uh, we want to congratulate Matt Chamberlain on finally making playoffs in uh, in our league. Matt, what have you got to say to the fans? This was a long time coming. A lot of people said I couldn't do it, especially you, Kenny. Uh, but you know what? I think I'm proving all the haters wrong, and this is going to be the start of my legacy. I'm probably going to lose this week also. <laughs> well, it's good to see that you're finally making playoffs. Uh, Michael Thomas and Joe Mixon are going to need to have a big day for you, and maybe Odell will finally wake up for you, but... Yeah, we're rooting for you today for sure. Uh, so we're going to get right into things. We're going to talk about some college basketball. Uh, and then we've got a couple of newer segments that we're going to introduce this week, as well as uh, Matt Squared's power rankings, as well as our picks and some fantasy pickups this week. Uh, but we're going to get started with college basketball. And uh, it was the Big Ten versus ACC Challenge. Uh, the Big Ten won this year's challenge uh, eight games to six. Uh, we're just going to chat about some notable games that happened. Uh, the first of which was uh, number one Louisville. Uh, it was really impressive in their win against Michigan. Uh, Michigan had been coming off wins against Gonzaga and UNC. And really, they just no-showed against Louisville. I mean, they only had 43 points and shot 26% from the field. So what was your guys' thoughts on uh, Michigan and Louisville? Uh, you stole my talking point. You know, only 26% from the field. That's kind of... That's probably uh, more of a point to Louisville there, stifling defense, not letting them have anything there. I mean, 26%, even for a college team, is abhorrent. Like, that's just bad from the field. That's not even from three. That's just from the field. That's where they yeah, That's where they lost right there. It was a battle of defenses at 26 and 37%. Like, wasn't the most exciting game, but I think if they can pick that up, at least, you know, their defenses will be ready for the tournament when they get there, ideally. Yeah, I find that, I mean, the turnover battle wasn't even that significant. It was only 10 to 8 uh, in favor of uh, Louisville. So, yeah, I mean, it was overall just a poor shooting performance by both. Uh, Jordan Nawara did have a big game for them with 22 and 12 for Louisville. Uh, but even he, he only shot 9 of 23 from the field. So uh, it's not like anyone was, like, shooting spectacularly. It was a, it was a pretty low-scoring game, but ultimately Louisville, who... Who was a preseason top five team for sure holds down the number one spot and still showing it. Michigan's probably going to drop a little bit. Uh, they did, I believe they picked up a win after that. They were able to knock off Iowa by twelve, so that'll be big for them. They're still eight and one in the Big Ten, so I do expect big things from Michigan. Uh, Chamberlain, you're uh, wait, you're wait. Notre Dame. F- do you know where Louisville plays? 
like their their stadium name? No, I don't. It's called the KFC Yum Center. <laughs> I thought that was a little fact I wanted to bring up. <laughs> That's amazing. Sorry, you can, you can continue now. <laughs> but Chamberlain, you're uh, you're Notre Dame Fighting Irish. Uh, didn't put up a big fight against Maryland this week. What were your thoughts on that game? Nice play on words there. I'll give you credit. Uh, you know, it wasn't great. Not going to lie to you, 30%. Uh, they just got beaten pretty handedly they didn't show up to the game like i think even if they did maryland played well they did everything that they could to stop them but uh and plus after that loss i think it showed because they followed that up with a poor showing to boston college losing by one yeah and boston college isn't exactly a uh, acc powerhouse for sure uh it's still early in the season thank you Who yeah knows? i mean it you know it's bad when two of your starters don't score for Notre Dame, they went uh, 0 for 13 from the field. So, uh, pretty tough game for them. All the credit to Maryland, though. Uh, they did have Jalen Smith, who had 15 points and 16 boards. So, that's a pretty big game for him. And then and three five of the, blocks. Yeah, three of their other starters also were in double figures. So, overall impressive win for Maryland. Uh, I do look forward to seeing them playing a, a bit tougher competition now. Uh, they are 10-0, and but uh, haven't really played a ton of great teams yet. So... Uh, they do get Seton Hall on the 19th, which will be a good game for them for sure because they are ranked. So, yeah, that was a that was a good game for sure. Uh, Ohio State, I was happy to see them absolutely beat down the Tar Heels, uh, 74 to 49. What were your thoughts on that one, Matt? That one was that was a that was a tough one. Little little UNC fan here, but uh, that was the worst loss in Roy Williams history at UNC. Uh, Ohio State's just stomping all over them there, 74 49. I mean. What can you say except bad? Yeah. I mean, even Cole Anthony, who coming into the year was a lot of people thought was going to be the ACC freshman of the year. He only had 15 points, and he was 4 for 15 from the field. So it wasn't a great showing by him for sure. Uh, who was the guy that went down for them? Uh, it was Bacoa there. Rolled his ankle, not looking very good. He's a big part of their team too, and losing him probably for a few weeks at least is going to hurt even more. And uh, what I think is maybe revealing that they might have a problem on offense because they haven't scored over 80 in like their, all their games so far. Which typically, I mean, if you're playing weaker teams, you can yeah, at least go 80 against weaker teams, plus. you expect them to get 80, but they've got the most they've got is 78 in the game. So maybe that's revealing that they don't have as much offense as they think they do. I wasn't really that high on UNC coming into the year, not just because I'm a Duke fan, but I just didn't think that they... I think they, it's because you're a Duke fan. No, they didn't. <laughs> they just didn't really have a, a well-rounded team. Like, yeah, they got Cole Anthony, but outside of that, like, it was... I mean, they lost a lot of guys from last year. Like, May left. They lost Cameron Johnson, Kobe White. Like, it was... They got pretty gutted, and they didn't exactly have, like, a Kentucky or Duke recruiting class coming in, so. Yeah, well, this the December's going to tell whether or not they're going to make a run in March, because they got UVA coming up here, and then number nine, Gonzaga. Yeah, it'll definitely weeks, be. In a few weeks, like, if they don't win those, it's pro- they're probably going to get bounced in the second round or something. Yeah, they, they definitely need to pick up a victory there, because they, yeah, they, they do have one of the tougher schedules to, to in the first couple months there, for sure. Uh, and then lastly, my Duke Blue Devils did pull off the victory against Michigan State. Uh, they won 87-75 to in Michigan State. It was a pretty big win for them. I didn't have high hopes actually going into the game. I did have Michigan State winning that game. Uh, but <laughs> honestly, it was a great performance by them. Like Trey Jones had 20-12, and 12, Vernon Carey had 26-11. and 11. 
the Duke team had uh, 10 steals and 11 blocks in that game. Like, it was it was crazy how, how big of a lead they jumped out to uh, on them. What did you guys think of the game? Yeah, same thing, man. You know, they're playing good basketball. Um, Who did they lose to again? That yeah. unranked team there? They lost to the Lumberjacks, Lumberjacks Stephen yeah. F. Austin. Apparently, yeah. that, was, that was a good wake-up call. They're uh, they're taking it serious, more serious now. So they're doing what they need to do. Yeah, Delorier and Baker paired up to have a pretty good uh, game for them, shooting ridiculous from the field. So I think when you have some guys stepping up like that, it's pretty tough to lose when you go, what was it, 12 or 13 from the field, 11 to 12. Yeah, like, and that's even with Wendell Moore Jr. having zero <clears throat> points as a starter. Like, they just, they got a ton of production out of their bench. Uh, Trey Jones and Goldwire, like, their backcourt when they, they're such a good defensive backcourt that I think it could give a lot of teams problems. Like, Winston struggled the majority of the night and didn't really get a lot of help from the rest of his team. Like, I mean, Aaron Henry had two points, and those two points came in the last minute of the game. So, uh, pretty glaring for them not to uh, not show up in that one. But, I mean, it's still pretty early in the season. Like, we're only in middle of December now, so... Uh, I'm sure both those teams will be ready for March. Uh, so next up, we've got uh, Matt Chamberlain's new segment, and that is the uh, Ivy League Team of the Week. <laughs> this is uh, this is a little fun one that we decided to put together. Uh, Matt's a big fan of the Ivy League, so uh, we wanted to bring some culture, uh, some smarts to the pod, and academia. so some academia. So Chamberlain, what have you got for us this week? Uh, you know, I, this is a session that's close to my heart. Uh, I personally consider myself a man of academia, so <laughs> I'm glad that you do. <laughs> I don't think anybody else does, but uh, that's okay. So I think uh, today we are going to talk about the lovely school of Princeton. Princeton. Yeah, and uh, before we start this, I'm going to have a nice little tidbit of information before Kenny tells us about the game. You know, on November 19, 1969, Charles Pete Conrad, a member of the class of 53, was the third person to walk on the moon. And little known fact, he was so proud of his alma mater that he even planted a Princeton flag there, everyone. Wow. That is a fun fact. I know that, uh, yeah, you've been really looking forward to spitting out that fact for us. So. You know who the first and second guys were? Buzz Aldrin? I don't know. Neil Armstrong and Buzz Aldrin, you're right. <laughs> Way to go, guys. See, see, we have some smarts. Space facts. Space facts. <laughs> Uh, so Princeton's got a got a pretty noteworthy game this week. Uh, their basketball team has been quite horrid to start the year <laughs> at one and six. However, they do get to travel to take on the Farley Dickinson Knights, who are two and six. Uh, I think I think we're all on the Princeton train this week, right? I'm a bit of a Yale guy, honestly. Oh, little, so, little so are you taking yeah. the Dickinson Knights in this one? I might have to, yeah. All right, he's taking Dickinson Knights. What have you got, Chamberlain? You, you sticking with your uh, Princeton boys? I'm sticking with Princeton because, honestly, I know nothing about Princeton basketball, and <laughs> I really am just in it for the academia. Fantastic. I'm going to join you on the Princeton train. They're getting their second win this, this week, and... Uh, who knows? Maybe they'll make some noise in the Ivy League once it kicks off in the new year. I think Princeton's going to show that those Tigers aren't to be trifled with. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I love it. Uh, so next up, uh, our latest segment, uh, it's actually going to be Kenny's Trash Can Rankings. Uh, the Mats get to talk about all the fun teams. The good teams. And uh, so I've decided that I'm going to talk about the teams at the bottom, the teams with very little hope, the teams with the fan bases that don't get to hear about 
their teams talked about very often. So uh, I think they hear a lot about it on the news. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm going to talk a little bit more positively about these teams, except maybe the Knicks. Uh, but at number five on these rankings, we're going from uh, fifth worst down to worst. I'm going to put the Atlanta Hawks at number five. Atlanta Hawks. Uh, Trey Young, he's been he's been phenomenal this year for them. Well, uh, that's it. Basically. But he's had very little help. Like Jabari Parker's been a bit of a bright point without uh, John Collins getting his 25 game suspension. Uh, is Vince Carter still in Atlanta? I think he is. He is. Yeah. He is. Uh, he's been he's been you know playing. As much as he can, being that he is an old man. <laughs> but, uh, no, I got to go with the Hawks at number five. It is unfortunate that Collins did have that happen. Uh, we're going to see what DeAndre Hunter uh, can do for the remainder of the year. But uh, you guys good with the Hawks at five? Yeah, same thing. Like, Trey Young, absolute stud. I mean, he's being overshadowed by Luka again. Like, he's having a great sophomore year, making more steps. But Luka, once again... I mean, Luke is in the MVP race, so of course you can overshadow him. But I mean, there's little to no help out there. He's he's floundering, but if he sticks with Atlanta, he'll be a hero and he'll get into every strip club for free. <laughs> Fantastic. Uh, at number four, I've got the New Orleans Pelicans. I uh, I don't know, like they they're a young team. It's a team that I uh, definitely has not lived up to some of the expectations. T- people thought that they might have a shot at a playoff spot, but I mean, Brandon Ingram's in the discussion for most improved. He's averaging 24, seven and four drew holidays, having another good year, 19 points a game, JJ Redick, Josh Hart, Lonzo ball. Like they're all in double digit scoring. They just, nothing's translating to wins. Unfortunately, uh, losing Zion to start the year was pretty significant for them, being that he was the number one overall pick. So I could see the Pelicans jumping up in these rankings uh, once Zion gets back, but I think the Pelicans at four is pretty fair right now, right? Yeah, like they're having some good players, but I mean, they just got like absolutely spanked by the Mavericks there, 130-84. Like that's an NBA game when they're losing by over 40 points. That's That's not good. You can't do that in the NBA. <laughs> yeah, it's it's definitely less than <laughs> ideal. Uh, at number three, we've got the Cleveland Cavaliers. Uh, we didn't have high hopes for them coming into the year for obvious reasons because, you know, they drafted point guards back-to-back years because it's not like they had other needs on the roster or anything. But, yeah, Colin Sexton's having a pretty decent sophomore year at 17 points a game. Uh, Garland has been hit and miss. I mean, it is pretty bad that you're a point guard averaging only three assists a game. So ball movement might be a little bit of an issue there. Uh, I also wanted to talk about the Cavs because uh, Tristan Thompson and Kevin Love have been in uh, trade discussions. So uh, do you guys have any teams that you think would be a good fit for those guys? Well, they're talking uh, Tristan to the Raptors as a possible destination there, which I think it'd be a decent fit. He wouldn't he would not be a starter or even like a sixth or seventh man, but he'd, you know, East runs through Toronto now, right? So he'd be pretty good there. <laughs> yeah, I, I thought about that destination. For me, Kevin Love, I thought would be a good Portland fit. Not defensively, obviously, because <laughs> I don't know if Kevin Love's ever played defense. But uh, him fitting in with the shooting that they have with Lillard and... Uh, they just had Rodney Hood injury, so that's unfortunate for them. Uh, Rodney's going to be missing a lot of time. But I think for Kevin Love's sanity, they need to trade him. Did you see like his post-game interview after they got uh, oh, spanked? Oh, the 47-point loss, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Kevin Love was like, we sucked. And then the reporter's like, what do, we, what do you think needs to improve? And he's like, everything. 
Yeah. So, I mean, <laughs> what what is there to say when you're losing that badly, right? To go from championship contender to bottom of the barrel, it's got to hurt. Yeah, definitely. Uh, at number two, I've got the Golden State Warriors. Normally, number two would mean that they're like at the top of power rankings, but not this year. Uh, they've been devastated by injuries. I mean, people are saying finally because they did benefit over the last few years from other teams' injuries. But, yeah, I mean, Golden State, they haven't really had Steph. There's been no Clay. They lost Durant. Draymond's been in and out of the lineup, as has Russell. So, uh, I think it's it's tough not to put the Warriors at number two. If it weren't for the, the franchise below them, they would be, most years, the number one uh, worst team in the league. But... There is a little bit of upside. I mean, uh, Eric Paschal has 17 points a game this year, uh, so that's a pretty solid year for him. He's in the Rookie of the Year discussions. I think he's still behind Morant, obviously, but he is in the discussions at least. So, Yeah, like um, compared to the other teams, the young guys on the Warriors are looking a lot better. Like They're looking like once they actually get their guys back, that they're going to be a scary bench. That's always sort of been the Warriors' problem is they didn't really have a bench. Yeah, this not year might be a Warriors, blessing not, in disguise. Not to say the Warriors had a problem, like they were winning championships, but they never really had a bench. But, I mean, if those, once Clay and Steph come back and Paschal gets goes to the bench, they could trade him for a good piece, or he'd be a good guy off the bench. One or two. Yeah, and I think it's also weird to think about the Warriors because this year they're 30th in three-point field goals at 9.2. Like, oh. how drastic of a change is that? <laughs> that that's nuts. And like... 32.6% from deep, tw- 29th in the league. Yeah, I mean, they they went from being the best three-ball shooting team probably in the league to right at the bottom, so... But, that's just point out, number one in free throw percentage in the league, so... Well, all, the, all that they need is to trade for James Harden, and they'll be they'll be laughing. I'm sure that's... That'd be good. I'm sure that's plausible, right? Uh, and then last up, I mean, it's really no shock here. It's the New York Knicks. Uh, <laughs> talk Nick about an awful franchise right now. Uh, they have been a revolving door of coaches as they just let go of David Fisdale this week, which, I mean, this ultimately isn't the root cause of their issues. Like, like, like Steve Kerr said, he said, if that was me, if I went to New York, I'd be in the same position right now getting fired. Like, it's not the coach's fault. He's doing what he can, but the execs are making, front office is making some less than favorable decisions for the team, and coaches stuck trying to turn poop into gold yeah it's honestly when you're losing to denver by 37 and to milwaukee by 44 on (laughs) back-to-back contests like that's it's really bad fizdale got railroaded here for sure he i mean if they didn't sign like 17 power forwards in the offseason then maybe they had a chance at being relevant this year uh, but they're just a really poorly run team. I don't know who they can bring in coaching wise. I think it's ultimately falls on ownership. But yeah, it's it's tough to be a Knicks fan right now. Well, they get to cheer for the Yankees too. So yeah, at least they've got some other sports. Definitely not the Giants and Jets. Not the Giants right now. for the Jets, not football. But they could just switch to the Brooklyn Nets. I mean, they are right there. So, uh, so those are our trash can rankings. Those will be updated every couple weeks. Uh, but now we finally get to talk about some good teams. So we're going to go to our power rankings, Matt Squared's power rankings. Uh, who have you guys got in your top 10 this week? Well, I'll tell you, we have teams in our top 10. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> Number one, I'm not going to do it like Dave Letterman. That's bad. Number one, we went the uh, Bucks. You know, they're like the quietest 20-3 and three team I've ever seen. They're just not being talked about at all, but yet they're still spanking teams or winning. 
That big win against the Clippers there, 119-91. Probably would have been more, but I don't think they had like any their first top seven guys playing in the fourth quarter, probably. Like they keep winning, they keep doing it, they're looking good, and like I said, they're the quietest twenty and three team I've ever seen. They're gonna just somehow sneak to the conference finals and all of a sudden it's like, Oh, the Bucks exist, I forgot. I mean, they're on a 14-game win streak. Yeah, they're so on heaters. They're beating teams. Not only that, their points for, they're averaging 121 points per game, which is by far the most in the league, uh, and they're only giving up 107. So when, you're, when your point differential is 13 a game, I mean, it's hard not to have them at number one. So I agree with the Bucks there they, for sure. They play the Lakers on the 19th, so if everything stays, that should be a really good game right there. Who you guys got it to? At number two, we have the Lakers now. The Lakers. They also would have been on a 14-game win streak if they didn't lose to the Mavs. To be fair, the Mavs are second in the West. Mavs so good. that's no, not a terrible loss. Oh, no. Like, that's what I'm getting at. I'm just saying they also would have been. Except anything with the Lakers isn't so quiet because yeah, they're the Lakers. Can't be quiet on the Lakers. But uh, they're playing good. I think the team... Is meshing better than they thought they were going to. Uh, the bronze putting up good stats. Their entire team is starting to play well. I think that's the one thing LeBron recognized last year was that they didn't have very much ball movement and they needed a distributor more than anything. And as much as Rajon Rondo is a distributor, he's also a cancer. So they decided that LeBron needed to be that facilitator. And he's done a really good job this year, for sure. I think he's leading the league in assists right now for the first time and in his career. So number, that's pretty crazy. He's number three in MVP things. LeBron's number three in MVP standings, and Davis is number six. Having, like, two MVP candidates on your team is really good. What I've never truly understood, because how can both people be most valuable players on the same team? Because they're that valuable. I mean, I mean I've always felt like they cancel each other out. That's how I am. Yeah. That, that's why I didn't have LeBron as my MVP, because it's tough to say a team when it's that good. But also, it's like you said with the assists, now they're fourth in the league. Just putting that tidbit out there. Yeah, like so. <laughs> when you're moving the ball and you're scoring, like it's <laughs> it's great. And it's helping these these role guys that we weren't sure if they were going to fit in uh, be productive. Who have you guys got at three? Uh, number three, just talking about them, the Dallas Mavericks. Like... If it wasn't for the Lakers being so good, they'd be top of the West right now. They probably would have a few more wins. Um, what can I say about Luka? Like, honestly, if he doesn't win the MVP at this point, that might be surprising. Guys, a stud. They're shooting good as a team. They're second in three-point uh, field goals made. And I think a big one, maybe not as overlooked a bit much, is uh, their turnovers are first in the league at only 12 a game. You know, the less you turn the ball over, the less the other team has it, right? I think a lot of that falls on putting the ball in Luca's hands for for the majority of the game because I mean I think for him he's he's not averaging that many turnovers a game so I uh, oh of course I'm wrong he's averaging four and a half a game so he's, he's contributing to the majority of those. Yeah. I no but I do think that Luca they needed somebody once again like the Lakers to be the facilitator and the fact that Doncic. Like, he always looks like he's moving in slow motion, but they're saying, like, oh, no, like, he's making, like, really quick moves and, like, causing people to be off balance. And it's crazy the amount of rebounds that he's getting considering he's, like, not athletic. Yeah. and like, like Larry Bird. <laughs> it's not also because he's white. <laughs> the white lightning. And, like, we keep saying it every time, but, like, if Chris Stapps ever finds his step and returns to, like, his Knicks form, like, that's just somehow scary. He's still struggling a bit. 
I do think Chris Tapps is like maybe opening it up for him. They're still respecting him, not like going all on Luca. So that's going to help them for sure. Yeah, definitely. I mean, Chris Tapps is shooting 39% on the year, which is really bad. So hopefully he not can good. pick that up. Uh, Who have you guys got it for? Number four, we have the Celtics. Boo! Yeah, well, you're wrong. Anyways, <laughs> uh, so the Celtics, they've been playing really well. I love how Marcus Smart's been stepping up and doing kind of everything for them. Because originally he was a shooting guard. Now he's went back to running the point with Kemba down. And I think he's doing well playing defense, scoring consistently. But I also just like Marcus Smart. That's fair. No, it's tough to argue that the Celtics aren't at number four. Like, they did beat the Heat and the Nuggets in the last number of games. So, I mean, those are big wins for them both at home. You're, you know, you're holding home court. And they're getting a lot of great production. I, I would say that they've got two all-stars right now in Kemp and Tatum's taking the next step as well. Jalen Brown might even sneak in as a third if they can, you know, hold down the two seed. Jalen Brown's been having a few good games recently, and it seems maybe he's finally finding what he needs to do, but... Same thing as Kristaps. If Brown ever finds a step, that's just another weapon in their arsenal, and they're even more scary. I mean, he's averaging 20 points and 7 assists on almost 50% shooting, which is pretty impressive for a shooting guard. So, yeah, if the Celtics hold down the third spot, I mean, they could be looking at three All-Stars in Boston. They don't definitely won't have three in Milwaukee because it's kind of Giannis and Giannis. Yeah, Giannis and is just going to steal all the votes there. But. Yeah. Who have you guys got at five? Number five, uh, the Heatles, my team. Uh, I mean, Jimmy Buckets, what can you say? The guy's a stud. Absolutely spanked my Raptors in OT there, scoring like eight points in 30 seconds on his own, basically. They're doing good. Rookies are playing good. They had a bit of a tough loss against the Celtics there. That's why the Celtics are higher right now. But I mean, it's tough on a back-to-back. Like, you go to back-to-back overtime with set. Toronto. Yeah, they had a tough game against Toronto, and they came up victorious. And then to go up against Boston, that's going to hurt. But, I mean, they still played good. And it's pretty crazy because they actually jumped out to an eight-point lead on Boston, but I think they just ran out of energy and Boston just jumped all over it. Kind of like when the Raptors played the Lakers and then the Clippers. Yeah, exactly. I mean, playing, and that was their third game in four nights, actually. So to be playing that that much, definitely, I think fatigue set in. Uh, My big criticism on Miami was the fact that they couldn't beat good teams. Like, they lost to Philly and Houston pretty badly. So that win against Toronto was big for them. I think it shows that they could definitely be a top four seed in the East. And yeah, I'm good with them at five. Have you got at six? Number six. Some people may be controversial here, but we have the Raptors. Uh, They may not have had the uh, best stretch lately with their game since it's like we said, they got Jimmy Butler single-handedly beat them in overtime. They lost another game, but they're showing that they're competing with good teams out there each time. A few things go their way, and I think we could be talking a little bit differently about them because the Rockets beat them as well. But they had a pretty commanding win against Utah. Yeah, I mean, when you're beating Utah, they'd beaten Philly. They got Philly again tonight, so we'll see how that game goes for them. But, yeah, they're competing against the top teams. Uh, they're beating the teams that they should. They beat the Knicks by 28. They beat Orlando by seven. Like they're beating, they're beating the lower end teams. They're beating the lower ones, yeah. And they've now got Lowry back. They've got Ibaka playing as well. So that's that's good for them. They're kind of back to full strength. And yeah, I I agree. I think the Raptors, the Raptors have played well enough, and they haven't really had like a a standout loss or anything where you know they've lost big times. So having them there, I think, is fair for sure. Number seven, 
um, from the Garden State. Oh, no, not the Garden State. Colorado. Why did I say that's Garden State? <laughs> that's New Jersey. <laughs> Definitely not the Garden State. Uh, we got the Nuggets at number seven there. Uh, I mean, it still feels like they're slow, but they're still, like, doing good. Like, I think they're, like, third or fourth in the West, right? They have another gear in them. I know they do, but they're still doing really good, taking big wins. They had some tough losses against uh, L.A. and Boston. That's going to hurt them a bit. Jokic is not the MVP I thought he was going to be. Yeah, I mean, Denver, because of their depth, I always felt like they were going to win a lot of games. I could still see them finishing tops in the West, like I had said at the start of the year, just because, you know, injuries will happen, whereas Denver has so much depth that I think they could get past it more than other teams could. But, yeah, Jokic has definitely got to be better. I think he would still be an all-star this year because even though he's having a down year, like, he's still the best passing big man in the the game. Right? Like, I think he's close to, like, 15, 10, and 7 or something, which doesn't sound as impressive because of the scoring numbers. But that's not what they're asking him to do with guys like Jamal Murray, who's more of a scorer than a distributor. So, no. I think a big dark horse for Denver there is going to be Michael Porter Jr. I think he can really, he's going to, if he turns it up, adds more to their bench, that's going to really help them, especially late in the season, maybe even into playoffs there. For sure. Who have you got at 8? Uh, number eight, we have the Sixers. They've been playing well. Like they're still losing once in a while to teams that they shouldn't lose to. But if they uh, start to get that consistency with their pieces, Ben Simmons showing that he can extend his range. Always got to throw that in there. But yeah, they're losing a little bit to teams that they're not supposed to. But overall, like their roster's too good. Embiid, if he stays healthy, I think that they're just a good fit there. It's just the consistency. Yeah, they've they've won five of their last six. Like losing at Washington, you don't like to see that, but you know those games will happen. Like you slip occasionally against a lower end team, and you're going to get a guy like I think Beal had a pretty good night against them with 26 and 10. So yeah, I, I agree with Philly at eight. They're uh, they could definitely move up in these standings, uh, especially with their uh, schedule coming up, but. Yeah, as of right now, they're definitely I in think the this, top ten. This next game against Toronto is going to be huge for them because last game, like Embiid got absolutely like he got shut out for the first time in his career, right? Yeah. This is this is a this is a determination of their mental fortitude. Like, are they going to be able? They had a really tough loss against the Raptors in the playoffs. Like, would they have done better? Do they have the mental? He, fortitude? he needs to prove that he can. He needs to prove that he's go there. against Gasol and actually well, do something. Yeah, Gasol keeps he's bodying him, and he's him. just yeah. But yeah, it's a big stretch. Like Toronto, this, Denver, and Boston in their next three. They got to go at least two and one if they're going to show that they can this, win games. This next game is to show whether or not Embiid's like mentally elite. Like elite, he's physically elite, but is he mentally elite to be able to come back from a zero point performance and put up like thirty and fifteen? Right. For sure. Who have you got at nine and ten, guys? Well, we're going to do it one at a time. <laughs> Who you got at nine then? Number nine, uh, Los Angeles Clippers. There. <laughs> we're. Um, that uh, they dropped a little bit. That big spanking by Milwaukee hurt. If you want to be in contention to even like think you're going to put up a fight against the Lakers, you probably got to like do pretty good against Milwaukee there. Not necessarily beat them, but not get beat by that much. Uh, I saw a picture. Kawhi's looking pretty sad on the bench. He's thinking about the Raptors. 
Yeah, least, that's what I like to think. But <laughs> you're you're hoping that he's just like really upset. Hoping that he's regretting leaving. But <laughs> they still got too many good guys to like take him off the list. I mean, they're still doing really good, even though they don't seem to be gelling as much as they could be. There seems to be. Uh, they're not there, I guess, is the best way I can describe it, which is not a good way to describe it. Yeah. I mean, they've still won 10 of their last 12, losing to the Spurs uh, in San Antonio, and then obviously in Milwaukee is not great. But, yeah, I mean, the Clippers, I don't even think that they're necessarily built to be a regular season team, just an absolutely daunting yeah. playoff That's team. That's what everyone says. Like, they're maybe not too concerned about regular season. But, I mean, even last year with Kawhi, it's like, like, they're yeah, going to be top four or five in the West. Yeah. Kawhi, like, had off games, but he still seemed like he, like, they were meshing well, like he could still play. But here it seems like they've definitely got to iron out a few wrinkles still. Yeah. No, I'm okay with the Clippers. I think that they could definitely move up as well. They're a team that I think by year's end will be more towards the top five, but we'll see. <laughs> and who you got at 10? Uh, number 10, we have the Rockets. The Rockets. <laughs> so... The Rockets, like, some people may disagree since they beat the Raptors. They should be a little bit higher. Personally, me, I'm still just not huge on the addition of two ball-dominant, like, players. But that being said, they're proving me wrong. I will admit that. This is just my stubbornness. And we look at their uh, last few wins. They beat Phoenix, beat Toronto, lost to the Spurs. But at the same time, they lost to Denver and the Clippers. And Dallas, they went on a three-game skid there, so... Yeah, and, like, those are considered teams on the upper level, you know what I mean, so... I mean, honestly, if you look at the remainder of their month, outside of their Clippers matchup, it is, like, pretty much all trash, because it's Cleveland, Orlando, Pistons, Spurs, Phoenix, Kings, Warriors, like, these are games that they should be winning, so... I mean, I would be pretty shocked if the Rockets even have, like, three more losses the remainder of this month. So, we could see them move up for sure. I I think we've got a lot of teams in our, like, you guys have a lot of teams in your top six that, you know, they're playing really well now. They had a little bit of benefit of schedule. The Lakers for sure have, as well as a few others. So, we'll see what happens once they start playing better competition and whether they're going to hold down those spots. But I think the big three, big question which we've said this about other teams, like, what's Westbrook going to do? Because after the Raptors game, when he went 0 for 6, he was officially ranked dead last in three-point percentage among shooters with at least five three-point attempts in league history at 21.6%. Wow. Like, the man cannot shoot a three, and that's... They're still it's pretty winning. alarming. They're still winning games, but, I mean, once you play a full season and get to playoffs, like, teams can key on that and, like, maybe... That's going to hurt him come in uh, playoffs. I just want to say that's what I love about Westbrook, because he just doesn't give up even if he's bad at something. <laughs> yeah, you know yeah I mean? he, like, he really goes for it. He's for just sure. the most stubborn person in the world. Like, I'd probably hate as a teammate, but it's so entertaining to watch when he dribbles up and just comes off a screen and chucks up a three. And you're just like, oh, man, I hope that that goes. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I agree with your top ten rankings. I think you've got the correct ten teams. May disagree necessarily order of it, but I think you have the ten teams there. Uh, the one team that I'd watch out for over the next month would be the Pacers because I think Oladipo is supposed to come back in that time. The fact that they're sitting in sixth in the East at 15 and eight without Oladipo, they had Turner miss some time as well. I think goes to show that they're they're a pretty deep team in the East as well. So, well, we probably would have put them number 11, but you got angry at us when we had 11, so we didn't do a number 11 this week. As I should, 
Uh, <laughs> ESPN top 11, right? ESPN top 11. Uh, so next up, we've got our picks for the week. Uh, we had a pretty significant change in our uh, standings this week. Uh, I once again went 3-0. and uh, Chamberlain and I took the Bulls over to Kings. Uh, and then Chamberlain and I also took the Celtics over to Heat. And then finally, OJ and I took the Bucks to beat the Clippers, which turned out to be a blowout, which I don't think any of us saw. So Chamberlain and I are now tied at 10 and 6 for the year, and Matt OJ is 8 for 8, or 8 and 8, not 8 for 8. There you go, bud. Uh, but I, you know, I'm pretty impressed overall because we're all uh, 500 or above, so maybe we actually kind of know what we're talking about. I flip a coin. <laughs> I think it's just a coin flip at this point. Is honestly. it a coin flip? Okay, well, maybe that's what it is then. Uh, so we picked our games for this week, uh, on December 9th, we've got Timberwolves versus the Suns. Who have you, who did you guys take in this one? I'm taking T-Wolves for this one. You know, I think Big Cat's going to come back to his first five games when he, uh, was absolutely dominating. Suns, I mean, they don't really have any big guys. They got Frank the Tank Kaminsky out there. Charlotte Hornets legend, shout out. <laughs> I think Big Cat's going to have a big game. Wiggins is going to hit some threes. I, think I got the T-Wolves going on this one. Wiggins also is quietly close to being an all-star this year because he's averaging almost 25 a game, just to point that out. I think the reason they won there is because... Moping points do not matter this year. <laughs> so Also, shout out to our... They're not as cold takes anymore. The Suns and T-Wolves are now regressing to the mean. So. <laughs> Chamberlain, They're who have you got in this one? I think the Suns are going to show me the light this week, and they're going to get the W. <laughs> they're going to shine bright. Oh, uh, I'm going with the T-Wolves as well. The Suns are sliding. I think they're going to continue to. Uh, and next up, we've got December 11th. This is our trash can game of the week because we have the Warriors and the Knicks on our slate. So who who's taking the Knicks? Anybody? Who did I take for this one? Yeah, I took the Knicks. You know oh, what? you're going with the Knicks. It's a little surprising, but... I said at the beginning of the year they didn't look like a 4 and 8 team and now they do look like a 4 and 19 team. <laughs> Fair enough. But uh you know what I think the Knicks uh the coach players are going to be angry Fisdale got fired. Apparently the coach players did like him. He wasn't a bad coach, especially a players coach. Oh, he's definitely not a bad coach. It's, but uh unfortunate. you know what they're going to it's going to be a Fisdale revenge game. Marcus Morris is going to hit like all the threes. All the threes? Yes. Uh, I think Chamberlain and I are going Warriors on this one. We're not that confident because both teams are very bad, but I'm going to take the Warriors at home. There's uh, a game to decide a coin flip. This could probably be the one. Uh, and then December 13th, we've got the Miami Heat taking on the LA Lakers. OJ's taking the Heat again, I I'm believe. I'm going to take the Heatles on this one. Uh, Jimmy Jimmy Buckets rises up. He's like David versus Goliath, and whenever there's a Goliath, he takes him on and just absolutely stomps him. I like it. Yeah, Chamberlain and I are taking the Lakers. I'm a homer. I think Chamberlain just doesn't want to agree with OJ on anything. So. We need to differentiate ourselves somewhere. Differentiate for sure. Uh, and then last up, we're not going to do a full fantasy league update. We're just going to do. Uh, I'm going to do my pickup of the week, uh, which is Moritz Wagner from uh, Washington. I think that I <laughs> Washington's really bad, but somebody has to be productive outside of Bradley Beal. Bertans has done it for the majority of the year, but. Yeah, I like a big week from uh, Moritz Fogner, so keep an eye out for that one. Uh, so that pretty much wraps things up. I uh, wanted to give a quick shout-out to Overtime Heroics. Uh, they were, they're the site who actually supplies all of our merchandise because we have uh, sweaters and T-shirts. 
uh, as well as they plug our podcast. So be sure to check out all of their stuff at OvertimeHeroics.com. They got a ton of great articles on there as well. And uh, we'll see you guys next week. Thank you.